episode number 209 of the Tartan Running Shorts podcast, hosted by Tom Bryan, Lewis Walker, and myself, Kyle Gregg. So we've got uh, we've got the three musketeers are back, eh? <laughs> and we've all we've, we're all looking awful dapper the, the night. Tommy's got a a, a nice uh, fancy shirt on. Uh, Lewis has had a haircut. Apparently, offline he said he wanted to look exactly like me. Um, so yeah, we're in we're in spick and span shape. Uh, we're, we're hoping Lewis is returning from injury, and and Tom's. Uh, Tom hasn't had his dinner yet, but he's. Uh, I've lined my stomach with a, a macaroni <laughs> cheese and a bottle of beer, ready for the East District Cross Country Champs on Saturday, eh, Tommy? Absolutely. Well, the question I've got is, are you running, Kyle? Uh, uh, yeah, I've put my name down. Oh, Someone good put man. my name down, aye. <laughs> quite right they did, yeah. Good man. I, said, I, I noticed uh, folk were like, anyone fancy entering, I didn't put my name up. But then I, I officially announced on TRS that I was running. Yeah, or Wadland, or whatever you want to call it. But um, the last time uh, we did, the last time we did Balgani, Tommy, remember it was. Um, <laughs> I don't was, remember that, yeah. <laughs> the less said about that, the better. But um, I think Kyle was, had uh, a lot to drink about before. I, I had an awards night down in Birmingham. And I, I got the first flight in the morning, the red eye, to, um, to Aberdeen, specifically for the, the cross country champs in Balgani. And my warm up basically was just lying under a bush puking and then I couldn't run I was like I, I can't do it I, I, I'll, I'll just be sick the gun goes off uh, Lewis and, and I, off I go I felt great I felt fantastic during the <laughs> run um, I think I was like 16 for I don't know what place I was but I got in the team Mike that was uh, yeah, the first yeah, time you, you had a good run that year and then I was like then, ah, then he came it. he came and over my front door afterwards and we got him back <laughs> to the house <laughs> Goodness me, lads! Absolute disgrace. That was uh, that was uh, the, the days before kids, eh? I think. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah joking aside, I'm. I'm. It's uh district. Yeah, district cross this weekend. It's. I was going through just before, and I was looking through some of the the start lists and looking at the looking at who's running and who's and who's who's down for it and whether hold it. Hopefully, the snow holds off and we get a good uh, a good traveling traveling start list up to Aberdeen because it's well, well, a good hope, place to run hopefully the country. Hopefully the snow doesn't hold off and, and all the fast central guys don't get the, the time there and they give the wee that's true. You know, the the metal the metal lads a, a shot at the title, eh? That'd be the dream. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and that's yeah. what happened at the do you remember Balgani was also the the it was the British University Cross Country Championships and oh, that very right, thing yeah. happened. The snow yeah. uh, came down and there was no they cancelled the race. But students that we are, we all decided just to go anyway. Lewis is nodding his head like yeah, no, I remember a, it. A yeah, that we all day. ran. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, and that was that was that was exciting. Then it was at the post party afterwards, which was also entertaining. So, um, but we but before, let's get back to the back to where where we're at with the the podcast. So. The three musketeers are here, and we have, uh, as promised, we have also a guest on the show as well. Um, so, Lewis, do you want to? You, Lewis has um, been in and uh, had a conversation, a chat with uh, Kat, Katrina Allen, um, Kat Allen. Uh, so, yeah, just just tee this one up for us, Lewis. Yeah. So, um, Katrina, or Kat, as she's known, is a performance uh, nutritionist, and uh, 
She's currently actually doing her PhD. I mean, I'm going to let her do a wee bit of her introductory bio herself, but but she's she's looking at kind of nutritional influences on bone health, particularly in, in, in female athletes. Uh, so she's she's pretty much an academic. She's a practical nutritionist, and I believe she's a professional squash player uh, oh. as well. And the reason I know Kat is that she's part of the Edinburgh University, you know, performance team that I kind of look after the, the middle distance athletes for. And she comes and gives us nutritional updates and advice and, and, and the same for the athletes. And I thought it would be really good to have her on and, you know, get get a whole kind of section on how, how to kind of how to kind of fuel yourself not only for performance, but for training, you know, before, during, after training, how to fuel yourself for performance, what are the do's, what are the don'ts, and a variety of other things that we can ask as well. So she's pretty much up for that. I think she's in the waiting room. She is, she's in the waiting room. She's uh, five minutes early, so uh, will we catch her off guard? Well, you you can, or or you can have a wee bit of banter Uh, for five minutes. I suppose we could. So, well, what, yeah, let's do what we usually do. Let's get some of our where we're at uh, down on the road just now. So, um, now, 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 Tommy, there was no, there was no, uh, we, it's no, no that you're not going to the East District Champs. So, is that a, is that a definite I, on the show? I am running. I, I am running these districts. Uh, I am running. Run, running. Oh, let's hear it. Come on, get excuses out. Come on, let's hear it. I'm, no, I'm not going to make excuses. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm running on the weekend. We'll see how it goes. Ah, I've had a, like we're, uh, yeah, we're. I think, yeah, we'll see, we'll see where it goes. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I need to dust my spikes down. Um, but I'm looking forward to it. I've had a bit of. We've just, uh, yeah, I, it's not as so much excuses, but more. I'm sure some listeners will, uh, will sympathise. Kyle, you certainly recent years you've been through it, and Lewis, you're familiar as well. We've just nursery bugs right through the house and i have I've, I've said this in trs before but i've gone from being one of those uh, sort of smug uh, adults who have children think yeah sure, yeah sure and it's just honestly like we've just been like one will get it and have three or four days and then three and i'll have it and then twin number two will take it and i felt like honestly i feel good this week but the last three four weeks i feel like i've been i'm ill every week and it's someone i'm praying that this comes this passes i mean it's it's uh so yeah and that is uh that's uh, i'm 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 not i'm not in i'm not in the worst shape in the world i think uh i'm i'm lacking consistency which uh i've I've spoken about before so i will see anyway i'm i'm not ill and i'm ready to run so i'm gonna uh I'm, i'm looking forward to it and i just need to i'm actually i need to just string a few good weeks together that's that is absolutely where i'm at um so yeah, looking forward to the, looking forward to the districts. Lewis, what's your advice for Tommy? Well, for it's going to take yeah. Well, for Saturday, well, what I was yeah. basically going to say is going to take about seven years before the twins are of an age where he's <laughs> not going to catch stuff and he's going to oh, get asleep yeah. and everything's going to be reasonably okay. So yeah, you got to just manage the ups and downs. What's my advice for Saturday? Uh, start steadily, Tom. Start steadily. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and. <laughs> That's the best advice I can give you. Cross country, it's hard to die in the second half of these kind of races. So, um, yeah, take it, canny yeah. lad. Take but it, I canny. Think, yeah, I mean, I'm, I, I, uh, we've 
Do you know what's interesting? So we've had like we're we're in a position where our, our families are both quite far away. So we've been like on a run of six weeks about seeing family all the time. And I'll be honest, that is just proven nightmare to, to train around. Like we were so in Bra- outside of London visiting my sister. You travel travel down Friday with two children, and the days of I'll squeeze a run when I get in is gone. Travel back the Monday. Same with Cheshire. See, fees, mum and dad. Even and and anyway. And what? But what I'm realizing is the saving grace of all these things in is park run. Like I can always like I seem to be able to like just if I can't, oh, I don't know where I'm going to do a session. I'm going to do that. That has been the saving grace for me the last couple of weeks. Even when I'm feeling like crap, I'm tied up in family stuff all weekend. I'm like I'm, I'm able to, especially when we're in England. It's at nine o'clock. Carving out, getting. So that's the. Yeah. Well, say I've not been training, so I've been doing. I've done part of the last couple of weeks. I've got some. I even got a long run on the treadmill yesterday. So we'll we'll see. But Canny is the way uh, the way I'll go for it for sure. Good. I, I, Good. I thought you were going to say, Lewis, uh, just hold on to Kyle, like, or, or vice versa. <laughs> no like, make sure you head the Kyle. <laughs> so, as long as you uh, don't get lapped by Kyle, that's the. That's the well, it's yeah. a, what, how many Can't... laps is it? Do we know? Is it two large laps or it's what? I think it's two large and two wee ones. Ah, okay. Aye, fine. Yeah. And and Lewis, bef- before we bring Kat on, how's the how's your injury getting on? Ah, right. So an up- update. Remember, I told you I had an MRI scan. Yeah, yeah. So so I don't have a stress fracture. So that was that was good news. Okay. Uh, I've got something called osteitis pubis or pubic symphysitis. I don't know if you've heard oh, of that. Oh no. I think I have heard yeah. of that. Yeah. It's uh, yeah. So it's it's just one of these conditions where where the adductor tendons on the inside of your leg join into that pubic bone it's just kind of irritated and inflamed and it is just one of these kind of chronic conditions so it's um in, in some respects better to have a stress fracture because you know in about eight or ten weeks you know it will be gone it will be healed but this yeah. this kind of thing can can be a bit of a, a of a nuisance so um i mean um I'm on the elliptical trainer, 40 minutes, 45 minutes every morning, uh, then uh, mid-morning. So what I'm able to do now is I can I can run on a treadmill, but it's at about between 5 and 7% uh, gradient, which is a bit of a bugger. <laughs> oh, so so oh. there's no there's no kind of hard footfall with that. So it's like running with your slippers on, uh, yeah. you know, just sliding, oh. sliding up the hill. But oh, no. bloody hell, it, it's hard. But I managed, you know, I'm managing about 30 minutes on that, and and then I get on the bike and and do a bit more. So hey, I'm doing about an hour 45 uh, a day, um, which is is good from uh, the overall endurance point of view. But so I'm going to go and see my my um, my favourite uh, physio, Kenny Watt, uh, a week okay. week Wednesday is it or a week Thursday? Week Wednesday, I think, uh, and uh, we'll see what what Kenny uh, can do. So there, yeah. there we go. I'm, yeah. not, I'm, not, I'm not too downhearted. Well, well fingers crossed, um, you, you know, you've got a, a recovery plan, a rehab plan all set in stone. Have you got any, like, other than exercise, What what is uh, the treatment? Well, uh, a lot of the issues are probably looking at your biomechanics to see, you know, whether you're, you're stuck with a bit of internal rotation at the hip, yeah. whether you've got a bit of pelvic tilt. Um, so a lot, a lot of these things are just chronic biomechanics. And, you know, and the other thing I have to and I hate to admit, it's chronic ageing as well, Kyle. <laughs> the, the, one good, the one good thing <laughs> that came out of this scan 
was that both my hip joints are pristine. I have no arthritis in my hip joints. So for all the running that I've done over the years and folks saying, oh, well, you know, get arthritis in your knees and your hips. Uh, the answer is no, they, are, they look like a young man's hips. Uh, but, but Probably younger than ours put together. Nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, always, always. Yeah, well, we'll talking about hips, uh, I'll, I'll certainly be swinging my hips at the the, the Balgaini, the cross country champs, and on Saturday as well. I hope. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Probably not in. I mean, I'm not in shape. Uh, I just feel. I just don't feel like. I'm not. It's not. It's not an excuse. Just fact. I'm not. I'm. I'm. I'm just. I'm going to turn up and get a. Aim to get a top six uh, metro. That's that's my aim. Nice. If I get I think a top six that. metro, I'll be that. happy. <laughs> From sixth place metro, that's fine. Uh, so no, um, that, that's that's my goal is to get and probably like Tommy, like just um, just try and get to the you know start off canny and try and ease get through the field. But with these cross country races, it's so hard to start off easy because Abdi goes off like a a bat out of hell, don't they? And you just exactly. you know it's it's all about pushing hard, getting a good spot, and then just easing into it and just sustaining it. But um, exactly. no, you, talk a, you talk a good game, Kyle. You I do talk a good, do talk game. A good let, game. Let, let, let's see what your both your reports are in a couple of weeks. Then. <laughs> well, on that note, let's, let, let's put a pin on it and uh, let's get the, the actual, yeah, aside from Lewis, the, the, the real expert in, in, in the, the field of um, athletics and, and strength and conditioning and all the other things. So, um Without further ado, uh, here is Kat Allen. Hey, Kat, how are you? Are you okay? I'm good, how are you? Okay, can you hear us? So uh, it was, yes, Kyle and Tom were the two originals. Uh, <laughs> and I, I'm, the, I'm the Johnny come lately to this podcast. I, I've done kind of guest appearances a bit like yourself over the years but it's um now, now I'm, i've become kind of semi semi-permanent i think i'm still on trial actually they've, <laughs> they've, not, said, they've not said whether they're going to keep me or not so it's not us so, to decide it's the listeners eh well the bottom line the bottom line cat was i had to get some interesting guests on or i was out you know yeah, that was yeah. the that was the that was the ultimatum that i got yeah so no um, pressure cat no pressure yeah, no, no. Mission failed already i'm out see you later <laughs> so, oh, so cat, i i, I kind of did a wee bit of a kind of not an introduction but i just said a wee bit about you're a performance nutritionist you know you're a clever lass you're doing a phd now uh, and I believe you're a professional squash player, current um, or, or part. Yeah. So I wonder if you would just give us a wee bit of your bio to to, to start with, just a wee bit of who's who's Kat Allen, where she been, what she done, what are you currently doing. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'm Kat. I am a professional squash player. I think that was always the goal, just get as high as possible in the world as I could. Um, I think the plan was always to go full time squash. To be fair. Uh, once I'd finished uni but then that, I graduated right as Covid hit so I was stuck mm. in the house for two years I just got my highest world ranking um, oh. I know and then basically everything was shut down and I was everything's really congested in Europe so I was stuck in Europe trying to compete with a ranking that I uh, had worked really hard for so 
I basically decided, well, I just finished my sport and exercise degree uh, at Edinburgh University and I thought, what on earth am I going to do? Because I was going to get a job, I was going to have money, but none of that seemed to happen. So I decided uh, the only modules I'd really enjoyed at uni were exercise physiology and nutrition. So I did the, has anyone heard of precision nutrition? Yeah. 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 So I was like, right, sweet, this will kill a bit of time, keep me entertained. I'll I'll do that for a bit. Uh, and absolutely loved it, to be fair, but it was very general population. Uh, so I started on the IOPN diploma with Laurent Bannock. Um, and absolutely loved that. So I was like, right, this is going to take me a while. So while I while I study through this, I started my own business, helping essentially general population with fat loss. All yeah, online yeah. because COVID is still still existing. Um, and then once I finished that, I registered for my practitioner registration for performance nutrition um, and was lucky enough to get a role at Edinburgh University. Ooh, wow. Here you are. Busy. It's not great entrepreneurial. I was going to say, Nick, in the best of a bad situation, because there's so many year out of COVID, particularly anyone associated with sport, so it's such a difficult time. And for that to come when you're really on that, that felt like the potential, you know, uptick in terms of where yeah. you're going. That must be so frustrating. But on the flip side, to turn that into, you know, uh, first a business opportunity, but move more, you know, more in a learning, that's, 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 that's very cool. Yeah. yeah, I think I found something that I was like, you know what? I'll give it a go but if it doesn't work out don't worry and it was luckily enough for me something I was like actually this is one very related to what I want to do it's quite personal but I absolutely loved it and I just yeah just kept going. So are you still playing professional squash then? Yes so busy is probably the theme of my life. Uh, Hmm. Professional squash so train twice a day six days a week. Um, That's like Kyle's. (laughs) <laughs> it was like Kyle. <laughs> it was. Um, and You'll find uh, that out on Saturday. Yeah, doing my job. So yeah. Yeah, and the PhD bit. Tell, tell us a wee bit about that, because that's that's you 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 you're kind of going into what is I I think a really kind of um, a field that's really opening up right now in terms of women's health, yeah. bone health. Yeah. So massive. I think again, from a personal point of view, something which I think for a PhD is really useful, like something I'm really interested in yeah, um, and have personally been affected by. So the title at the minute is Nutrition for Female Athlete Bone Health, but specifically mm. taking a gear towards vitamin D and calcium. Um, so as a, as a sum, so just as representing the layman in, in this group here and, and more, maybe more generally the layman, the sort of uh, geo public, so is that associated to the to risk of things like stress fractures and 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 that sort of issues accounted by athletes in impact sport or what what's the what do you, what do you mean essentially by that? Yeah, so stress fractures is part of it. Overall bone health will contribute as a result of things like have you heard of red S? Yeah. From a sport perspective, um, and I guess general health in terms of later on in life we're looking at sort of osteopenia, osteoporosis, mm. kind of prevention. Okay. That's cool. Do you know what, Kat, just backtracking slightly, um, you said you were, you have been affected by um, some of these issues. Do you, do you mind exploring a little bit more about that? 
at all. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So, uh, as obviously as a performance athlete, yeah. um, I think prior to being sort of educated on nutrition, it was definitely something that I wasn't, I think as a female athlete, wasn't aware of or was slightly scared of. Mm-hmm. Um, and found myself on the wrong side of the line, if we call it, mm-hmm. uh, and was put through investigations basically for low low bone health, DEXA scanners, all this kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, just as a result of underfueling. Yeah. Yes. Uh, partly mm. unintentional, and then it sort of progressed. So. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And and there is this thing I think with you know particularly with female endurance athletes, which is one of the reasons we kind of connect, Kat. Um, yeah. But but it is it is very easy. For, for many female athletes, but particularly endurance athletes, to get on the wrong side of that kind of fueling issue. And before they know it, they're on a real slippery slope. And, and, and sometimes they get really far down that slippery slope before it's noticed. Yeah, definitely. And I, I, it's too easy. I think especially with the, the mantra in endurance, that always comes to whether it's cycling. I think I see a lot in cycling or uh, like combat sports, whether weight making, rowing. It's all too common for lighter is better, mm. and it's constantly trying to remind them that actually no, it's power to weight ratio for some sports, or like we're looking at the fear of physics rather than actually how can we optimize performance. Quite interesting was a couple of studies, Kat, and I think I think it was one on New Zealand female rowers. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And they one. they increased they, they were asked to increase their energy intake. They didn't want to do it, but they did do it. And what they found was that uh, their actual training got better. They did more training, higher intensity training uh, for longer, uh, and they had the energy to do it. And they still and they didn't put on weight. You know that the, everything actually improved because they were taking in much more energy, and that, that was really quite a quite an interesting study. Um, so, so it's it, there, there's this, as I think, uh, this fear of if I eat, I'm going to put on weight. If I put on weight, I'm not going to be terribly good. Um, but that fear's often often really not justified, is it? Yeah, definitely not. And like you say, there's a big push for more knowledge around female health. I think British Rowing have got a project uh, with Manchester Met University and Kirsty Elliott Sales leading that called uh, Project Minerva, I think. Yeah. And it's all around that concept of how can we change the the narrative so that fueling is something athletes want to do rather than being seen as a negative. It's great. I mean, Kirsty Elliott Sale is one of the big names in, in this worldwide, and, and yeah. she's a, a professor of, of female exercise physiology in Manchester. Um, and that she's easy to communicate with. In fact, she's she sent me some replies on stuff that, that I sent her. The other person that she's worked with across the pond is Trent Stellingworth, um, who's an, an exercise physiologist in, in Canada, and his wife, Hilary. So one of the interesting things about about Trent and Hillary was so Hillary was a um, Canadian 800 and 1500 meter runner who went to the Olympics and she had a career of about 12 to 15 years never got injured had a couple of kids um, they periodized her nutrition and her weight such that every winter 
she went up by about three or four percent in body weight um, and carried a, you know, a few extra pounds, but was robustly healthy. And then in the six or eight weeks before major competition, she got down to her best power to weight ratio and was really not ill. Um, and, and he published that that data. I mean, it was longitudinal data that he published. And I think that's a that's an incredibly good example for for female athletes about how how to do this. Yeah, 100% Trent's one of the big names. And I think, again, it comes down to understanding, one, the fact that you have to optimise at the right time. You cannot be light all year round if you want to perform well. It's only it's only going one direction and that's down. Um, but also, like, we're looking at global health here. And ultimately, yeah. if you want to have that career like Hillary had, where, yeah, minimal injuries and performing consistently over a long period of time, healthy enough to bear children, then actually you have to consider how to do that properly and being light mm. all year round is not the way to do it. It's no, yeah. And, and I think what we should probably say is what we're saying equally applies to males. Uh, oh, yeah. You, you know, yeah, I yeah. think we've recognised over the years that low energy uh, is, is something that's kind of snuck into the male category as well. We used to think that, oh, it doesn't happen. It's only a female issue, but, but it's actually not. It's a hidden issue in, in male athletics. Although I will exclude Kyle and Tom from this because I, I don't think they've been underfueled at all. <laughs> I thought you were going to say because we weren't elite, but yeah, that's, uh, yeah. <laughs> we're certainly not, we're certainly not underfueled at the moment, unfortunately. Go, Tom, I, sorry, Tom. I was going to say that even, I think that's, uh, I mean, I think it's really great um, to hear that because I can, you know, someone who is un- uninformed in that, and I'm, you know, I've the last year, so I've not, I, I certainly haven't been training at the uh, uh, full, full beans with various things in life going on. But in the past, when I have gone full beans, I'll be honest, I've, there was only one block where I became quite, definitely not obsessed, but very aware of weight. And that was such a, and I remember, and looking back, and that was like I don't know, four or five years ago, and I remember, and looking back, I'm thinking that was, that it's strange, you almost, I almost prioritized that more than than actually looking at the day, you know, my sessions and how I was feeling and what I was running. And in hindsight, that was crazy. And do you know what it was based on? It was based on for some reason I, I was aware of a weight I was at when I ran a, a, a particularly my PB of half actually. And I suddenly had that. And actually, that was at the end of a block. I was in great shape, but I kept that number in mind. And I was, I think, too often I had that in. Oh, I should be at, and I should be at 65 kilos. And I know for me, that's that's actually too light to sit. It's impossible for me to sit there all year round. But it's you don't it's really it's really reassuring to hear from experts like yourself that that is that uh you know males as well that you that you shouldn't be like it's not healthy to be like all the, all the time yeah and i think we far too often we let theory dictate practice when actually sometimes you need to do it the other way around and athletes mm. like boxers are probably a good example because how often would you see a boxer at their fighting weight all year round mm. like okay there's yeah. other issues there with rebounds and all that sort of stuff but in terms of actually okay no this is my fight date and I'm going to optimize everything I possibly can for this performance then it's beneficial for them long term yeah and and speaking of boxing that was what you know was uh the hitman uh who who used to balloon up uh Ricky Hatton Ricky Hatton two or three stones (laughs) And and then and then come come right back down again. Uh, Floyd Floyd Mayweather did get him though in the end, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. 
just a just a sort of general question about basically all, what what is the sort of prevalence of some of these issues and um you know in in Scotland from grassroots to elite level do we do we have any like is there any data you know to to say how common because from my perspective and what I've experienced and and who I know and and, and we, we all know someone um yeah and and, and it's it's kind of it's almost it's almost happened to many runners at some point in time you know like admittedly I've probably been there at some point Tom kind of has um you know but there's there's a scale too isn't there there's a spectrum of of how bad it can it can get um but like what what is is there anything out there that's that gives an indi- an, yeah, an indication or is it just uh, a bit of guesswork at the moment or I'm unaware of any data uh, yeah. But I'm sure there is something, but I would, I would flag it as an underestimation. Yeah, yeah. I doubt, mm. I doubt there is anything uh, either because of one, people aren't aware that it's happening yeah. to them, two, don't want to admit it. Yeah, I, I think it's hidden. I think you're absolutely right, Kat. It's, it's hidden in a variety, in a variety of ways, and people, it, it's it's difficult to to bring up if you think someone. You know, as a coach, for example, if you think one of your athletes is is in danger, it's very, very difficult because often performance improves initially, yeah. and uh, and uh, and f- folks say, "But hey, I'm running really well. You know, I'm I'm setting PBs here. Uh, so how can I be unwell? I'm not unwell. I'm doing I'm doing really well, and this is this is the right thing for me. And yet at the same time, with a coaching eye." you're thinking that you you know something's going to go here and and I do get concerned when I sometimes see this almost like an exponential curve that that goes up quite rapidly in terms of performance um and what's going to happen next you know so um yeah challenging area I think what what I kind of would want to segue into then is is you know essentially what you're saying then is that we need we need to be a reasonable weight all year round. There are times where there are times when we can get quite focused for our top competition and spend two or three weeks honing things down and, and getting ourselves optimally well uh, for, for, for that. But the bigger picture in terms of our training, we, we need to fuel our training. We need to fuel different sorts of training. We need to fuel easy days, normal days, hard days. We need to not only fuel it from the the front end we need to fuel it from the back end after we've done a session what what kind of things do we need to be looking at in 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 terms of those parameters yeah so i think yeah fueling is obviously a massive part of nutrition and there's a lot of good work out there uh, on a concept called fueling for the work required which is essentially what you're saying there in terms of Right, how do we fuel differently for an easy day versus a hard day where I've got three sessions and a tempo run and whatever else in there? Um, if you want to know more about that, I think looking at like David Dunn and yeah. Sam Impey, they've done a lot of good work there. Mm. Um, but I think first of all is understanding like, right, okay, for me, what are those numbers? What numbers do I need to be hitting on an easy day and a moderate day and a hard day? And awareness has to come first. If you don't know what you're trying to hit, then you're going to be pretty useless. I think 
then is once you know what those numbers are, can you understand what that looks like? So can you understand, okay, what is five grams per kilo per day look like for me? In food volume, in meals, in snacks, mm. like how do you actually put that together in your day? And then final stage is sort of tweaking it. So how can you optimize that for you? Can you get multiple days uh, examples so that a training day, can you get a competition day? Can you get uh, a day when you're not at home and you maybe haven't got the foods available to you that you're used to? Um, and just try to experiment and learn what works for you. Okay, so so you're right. There's a lot. There's a lot of information out there about how many you know. So you know, in terms of fueling, carbs are are, are kind of the standout. Although you know, we need to yeah. get protein and fat in as well. But in, in terms of endurance runners, then for for fueling, if you you know, saying you've got seven grams per kilogram. Say, so, say we've got, let's say we've got somebody who's seventy kilos. Um, okay. What? Oh, Tom just raised his hand there for. No, a no I'm, say, I'm for, your textbook case. Then I weigh seventy yeah, kilos. So there we go. Yeah, right. okay. just going to say. Let me take some notes. Go higher for, for, all, for me. For all our TRS, for all our TRS folk who who can't view this, yeah, Tom, Tom, put your hand up. Right. So, so, I, so you know, seventy kilograms. We've got, we've got Tom at seventy kilos. How how would he fuel uh, a, a kind of standard day, an easy day, and a kind of really hard work day? How how would you categorise that for him, Kat? Yeah, so everything we do is relative to body weight. Um, so it will all be done in grams per kilo. Okay. Uh, regardless of what sport or anything like that, just so that it's proportionate to your body size. Uh, an easy day would be somewhere between three and five grams per kilo. So if you're doing like a rest day or a light gym-based session, nothing too high intensity, then that's the kind of target. I'd say moderate, so maybe one session that's relatively easy, somewhere between five and eight grams per kilo. A hard day, so two to three hours of training. Uh, you've got like a hard session in there or at least two sessions a day, then that's I'd class as hard. Uh, and that's eight to ten grams per kilo, which wow. is a considerable amount of carbohydrate. And then anything above that, so you're looking at like your ultra marathons, anything six hours plus, then in the realms of like ten to twelve grams per kilo. Goodness! Wow, that's that's that. I, I've just, my first reaction to that again is someone who's who. I mean, I I eat well and I eat reasonably sensibly, a balanced diet, all that. But that's certainly and I was someone who thinks I eat quite a carb-heavy diet, actually. And what I'm realizing is I'm probably uh, probably on the money through the week. But then on the weekend, if I'm doing a long run on the weekend or a, sp- a session on a Friday, honestly, that's uh, that's quite a big – that you need to be intentional to hit that those sort of – you know, if I'm doing a long run, marathon training, two and a half hours, to get potentially 700 grams of carbs, that's, that's quite a – that doesn't happen by accident. Yeah, and that's where I think – the unintentional underfeeling becomes mm. so easy. It's like you feel good because your body weight's dropping and you're actually in a negative kind of situation where you're underfeeling. And can I ask, is that so? Say, take that hard day or the easy day, what doesn't really matter either way. Is that about the sort of the the period after, or that's across the whole day to allow, yeah. I guess, obviously it's to allow for it, but how do you, is there any sort of breakdown in terms of how you would? 
say let's say you're doing a a, a big long run session on, on a Sunday morning. There's that. Let's say we, those numbers would you know you're trying to hit those in terms of the day. Is there a way you should think about how you prepare and recover? Split that. Yeah. So you'd always consider that's a global target, um, mm-hmm. and you consider like pre pre training or pre run nutrition, and then your recovery nutrition as well. Okay. And how would you split that? How would any is there a guideline uh, experience on how you should split that? Uh, it depends on the intensity, but I'd say around 1.5, maybe 1.2 to 1.5 grams per kilo before. Okay. Again, the big caveat to this is always trying to figure out what works for you. Okay, so okay. what works for you, Tom? Is it going to work for Lewis or Kyle? Okay. Um, yeah. Especially when it comes to pre-race nutrition, we find a lot of athletes can tolerate varying amounts of carbohydrate. Mm. Um, and it's also worth considering the fact that you're you can train your gut to tolerate higher amounts of carbohydrate uh so mm. you might start one week with only being able to have a banana before you run but six weeks later you'll be able to have a bowl of porridge a banana and a gel before you go wow that's interesting and then post-race recovery or post-run recovery is the four hours is what we uh you've probably heard yeah four hours of recovery what are the four hours? I don't know. I don't got any guesses. I'm gonna. Uh, I, I should know, but <laughs> yeah, I know. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, Lewis is ingrained in my. Uh, maybe not as much. Rest. Surely that's one. Rest. Rest and recovery is the same thing, isn't it? Uh, yeah, rest is one of them. Refuel. Refuel. Rehydrate. Rehydrate. Uh, uh, or, or what's other one? Oh, don't don't tell us. Uh, what is it? R. Arithmetic. R. Gym <laughs> Arithmetic. Count <laughs> <laughs> your, uh, your calories. <laughs> um, uh, pass. No. Go on, Lewis, help me out. Oh, no, I'm, I'm lost now. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Sorry, I've chucked you under the last name. Lewis doesn't know, that's great for us. Yeah, uh, repair. Repair. Ah right, okay. Well, that's the protein but, bit then. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's a good, that's a good question. Um, now, you know, many moons ago, I went to uni and did sports science. Uh, but it was, the, I think, a lot of it's changed since then. But some. I general, would hope so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like one, 50, one thing I, I always. Yeah, I mean, one thing just about endurance runners, and I'm sure many people. All our hundreds of thousands of listeners are doing a hard session right now and they're wondering what they should they should be taking after their run. What would you suggest they, they take? As in like a general rule of thumb in terms of like, you know, how much carbohydrate can intake um, protein. Protein is the one I'm kind of thinking about here. Like there's been a few things going back and forth, you know, with strength training, take your protein immediately yep. post post exercise for endurance runners what's your what's the sort of like understanding about the post um the post exercise protein recovery shake for example like what's your take on that and what's the science telling us yeah do? so the four hours will still apply so if we start with yeah. well i'd start with rehydrate that's probably yeah. i'd say the two 
main factors contributing to fatigue are dehydration and glycogen depletion. Okay, yeah. so that's your rehydrate yourself and make sure you get enough carbs. Um, ideally, rehydrate, we're looking at 150% of whatever you've lost throughout that yeah. training session. But again, unless you're sweat testing and getting on the scales before you leave and getting on the scales afterwards, then yeah. the suggestion is probably just drink a thirst and make sure you get a little bit of, or a lot of hydration and yeah. some sodium in there to try and replenish the electrolytes yeah. that you've lost. So a lot of people overcomplicate that. Simply just putting a bit of salt in your squash or your dilute juice, whatever you call it, uh, will will meet that criteria. It doesn't need to be like an electrolyte tablet. Now that's uh, a good point. Squash, now, uh, just can, would you mind spot just putting a pin in that? Like, so I remember when I went to uni, it was Derek, somebody you'll probably remember him, Lewis. Uh, he was at University of Aberdeen. That's what he told me to do was high juice, get a, a bit of high juice, a little bit of salt, and dilute yeah. it, and you're saving yourself tens and tens of pounds. Like, what's um, like that's I, I, you know, I, I still do that, you know, I still have my yeah. high juice and put some salt on it, and I think it works perfectly. Like, and you can the benefit you've got with that is you can adjust it based on your how much carbohydrate or salt and intake, yeah. and you can suit it to your needs. Um, so yeah, sorry, yeah. just wanted to share that I, I also think that's a great, a great idea. <laughs> Save yeah, yourself like, some pennies, listeners. Put it to the Patreon uh, episodes that we do for TRS instead. Because, <laughs> um, like, the max, I think most people over, especially in this country, like, it's not that hot. So most people overestimate their sweat rate in terms of average is probably 0.5 to a heavy sweater will be, like, two litres per hour. Um, and that's, like, really high-intensity exercise. Whereas... I think the most, I think the highest ever recorded is an ultra marathon runner that's around 3.7 to 4 litres an hour. So that's like outrageous. Um, whereas most people don't need to replenish that much. They actually run the risk of overhydrating, which is almost as dangerous, if not more dangerous than underhydrating. Um, do, you, yeah. do you remember Ronnie Moan, Kyle? Ron Moan? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's big in football, isn't he? Uh, well, no, well, he's 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 actually in, he's actually one of the world's experts in nutrition. Uh, yeah, we got him on the show, didn't we? He, yeah, well, you had him on the show some time back. So, so yeah, Ron, Ron, right. Ron was a couple of years ahead of me at school, and uh, and we used, we used to run together at uni. So he did, he did his PhD at Aberdeen in, in sports science. The guy called Clyde Williams, who was one of the original uh, exercise physiologists. Uh, and so we used to go running at lunchtime, and and you you're speaking about sweat rates. R- Ronnie could sweat for Britain, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, within within about a minute and a half of going out on the coldest day in Aberdeen, at the, you know around about the Mitchell Hall, uh, Ronnie Ronnie had everything off, you know. He was just he was just in a wee shirt and shorts and sweating profusely. So um, yeah, yeah and, and none of, none of us could understand it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, we definitely have a few. I think males tend to sweat more than females as well. No, they just perspire and glue, don't they? Yeah. Yeah. Unless you're from yeah. Andrew. That's it. <laughs> 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 so, 
so so go through go through the hours for us keep on going through the hours sorry about that that was rehydrate refuel so obviously the idea is that you replenish your liver and muscle glycogen as basically as fast as possible um but there's a few things to consider there in terms of like right how close is your next training session how quickly do we actually need to get the carbohydrate in is it really urgent or is it not um do we actually need carbohydrate so are we using any kind of strategy to create an adaptation yeah so are we trying low carbohydrate are we fasting is there like a train low race high kind of vibe going on um and the amount of carbs that you've consumed before and after so what is the global target where are we at in relation to that global daily target um and just being aware that well it basically takes four hours for carbohydrate to be absorbed into the liver and glycogen so for it to go from like consuming it into your muscles is about four hours um so if you have a rapid so like for me uh if i have a tournament where i'll play two matches in one day then i will have less than four hours between those matches so my target is 1.2 grams per hour for the four hours or for Mm. as many hours as i possibly can just to try and rapidly replenish glycogen um if it's not then you have a bit more leeway but i'd always start with that target 1.2 grams per hour for the first four hours and then you basically your glycogen synthesis rate is a lot higher immediately post-exercise so you want to get as much fuel in as possible like as close to the exercise bout as you can to try and maximize that rate um we talk about using multiple sources of carbohydrate as well so for any science nerds out there basically when you consume only one type of carbohydrate so let's say glucose you can max out the transporter that carries that glucose i think it's maybe at 60 grams so if you then add in fructose you can up the amount of carbohydrate you consume and that is absorbed in that one time um and also considering if carb intake is sufficient protein is going to do nothing for your glycogen replenishment so only when you're not hitting your carbohydrates that 1.2 grams per hour is protein going to add any kind of benefit Okay, so get get your carbs in first. And I think we probably ought to just optimise this by saying, well, what you're looking at is is, is prolonged hard exercise. I mean, if you've got somebody who's going for a two to three hour steady run that's under their you know, well under their, their their critical power speed, you know, it's it's more of a, just a general time on feet. Then there's maybe not the same. Well, there's not the same urgency. To, to get that on board because you'd be burning a lot of fat but but you're really particularly speaking about if if you're in in a high intensity environment yeah. or you've done a significant say half marathon or marathon session um that, that that you're working hard on that's that's what you need to do would that be right or, yeah and or you've done a session in the morning and you've got another session in the afternoon yeah. um that's where like Carbohydrate, there's some evidence that suggests that carbohydrate plus creatine supplementation can help faster replenishment of glycogen. Yeah. Mm. So so it's quite interesting because you you were you were saying, you know, about you know, so sometimes you don't replenish. And we we've spoken a bit in the 
past on, on the podcast about world-famous coach Renato Canova, uh, who's a world-famous distance coach. And, and one of Canova's um, key sessions at times is back-to-back sessions, you know, particularly, well, he does them for all distances, but he, he's famous for them in marathons. But you'll basically run r- round about 50K, 40 to 50K's worth of work in a day, split in two, but he won't actually replenish in the middle of that. Other than other than fluids and and vegetables, <laughs> some vegetables, but not not any not any high carb. Uh, but I think yeah. it's 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 quite a, you know I think if you're a top class runner and you've done it for a long time and you're really good and you're looking to get that extra little bit, I think it's great. But if you're if you're due average runner, um, I'd probably be concerned if you were doing the Renato Canova stuff. Mm. Yeah, like the mitochondrial biogenesis or whatever adaptation you're trying to get in there, probably not worth it. Yeah. For the the fueling versus performance adaptation. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. Um, okay, so we got to what was that? Refuel. Fuel, repair. Yeah. Repair. So that's your protein. Uh, endurance runners, global total, anywhere between 1.6 and 1.8 grams per kilo per day. Again, not as much as some of like our rugby players would want them up at two to two point five. Okay, is that every day, Kat? Is that every day? Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, that's quite. Uh, uh, that's quite a significant protein load uh, for for many people who probably don't understand how much protein you know how much protein you would need on your plate to get that and whether you would need to supplement that by kind of like whey protein you know mm. p- powdered protein to get to get your quantity in what, what are your thoughts on that yeah i'd always say food first i think it's so if we say 1.8 grams per kilo is probably like four or five portions of 20 to 25 grams each like if you look around the shops, you could probably everything's covered in protein these days. So you could probably just by looking at the back of a few packets figure out, okay, right, if I have a couple of eggs for breakfast and some sausages, then I have a snack that's uh, like a Graham's protein yogurt is a classic. That's always got yeah. like twenty five grams. Yeah. Some sort of meat, fish, dairy for lunch, a snack, and then dinner. And you're probably going to do all right. It's when you're going to do okay, yeah. Because you know, if, if you look at it, at Tom, then we've we've caught seventy kilos. That's one hundred and five grams of a protein minimum. Oh, in fact, bit bit more than that. Maybe about one hundred and ten, yeah. one hundred and fifteen. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, that's I I I think that's that's a lot of protein that to get your head around and you've got to be thinking about how you get it in and and you maybe need a protein snack in the middle of the morning or the afternoon uh, as well just to to keep yourself topped up yeah and yeah, it's definitely a top up like if we look at almost net balance across the day it's only from the minute you wake up it's only going downwards so you need to make sure every time you eat you top that up so that recovery isn't negatively influenced Right. Okay. No, because I was just doing. I was just looking at. I'm just thinking of myself through today. I mean, I ran for 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 40 minutes at lunchtime today, and I had. So what I have had porridge. I feel like this is a pretty represented day for me. I had uh, porridge with a banana in it for lunch. Uh, sorry, for breakfast. I had a a wholemeal baguette with 
with ham and cheese in it at, um, at lunch. And tonight I'll have, um, I think my, uh, there's a food is being cooked as we speak, but there's like a, it'll be a, a, a pasta dish with, with, uh, with like, I think some creme fraiche, uh, parmesan, uh, bacon and something else in it. So I, I'm now thinking I'm probably short there actually. Yep. Yeah. And I think yeah. that, I actually think I'm having a pretty, I look at the face and think that's a pretty good day. Okay, I'm having a beer now, but generally that's a pretty good day. But actually, in terms of I'm, I'm eating well today, but when I put it into the context of some of this, I'm thinking uh, I'm not, I'm really not. And again, long run yesterday, well, not that long yesterday, but uh, you know, just under an hour and a half. And yeah, I think the, pro, again, protein, definitely light on it. Yeah, total, there, um, total like, timing just, is key. Yeah, sorry. On you go, I think like we talk about the three T's as well. We love a, a letter apparently. Uh, like total timing and type. So when it comes to protein, you've got your total amount. Your timing is really key in terms of you get that every two to three hours to try and maximally stimulate muscle mm. protein synthesis so that you're, you know, recovering throughout the day. And it's also beneficial like for your general population with hunger and satiety. It will make sure that you're not overeating in other kind of situations um, and type so considering the type whether you've got your like classic whey protein really fast digesting for immediately post run say but you probably switch to like a dairy based or uh, the casein pre-bed where it's slower digesting and it's mm-hmm. going to help that recovery while you sleep it, it, it's really the one you said there Kat casein protein C A S E I N. Where'd you get that from? Amazon. Uh, yeah, yeah, you can buy it in supplement form, but foods like Greek yogurt, uh, cheese, crackers, yeah. that kind of so, post. So fat okay. Greek yogurt then. That's yeah. uh, that, I, I, that's what I usually have. That in the breakfast of muesli or um, granola. It's from, Fantastic. What, what, what I find quite interesting, Cam, we'll, we'll come on to things like continuous glucose monitoring shortly. And, you, you know, in terms of transparency, I'm, I'm actually now wearing a glucose monitor, you know, of which I've okay. done for the past, just just the last 10 days, I'm experimenting with it. Mm. But, but it's really quite fascinating because we're speaking about porridge. So one of the things I found is that just having porridge really spikes my sugar up first thing in the morning, spikes it up really high. Whereas now that I've kind of done some overnight oats and I put some whey uh, protein uh, in it, a protein yogurt, so I make it for three days now and, and put protein yogurt and I also put in nuts and seeds. Um, so I get a very smooth curve. So I'm still getting the same amount of 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 carbs, but but the, but I'm not not getting that. What I think, you know, particularly for my age, is an unhealthy peak in in sugar, um, and and it's smoothing that out. What what are your thoughts about you, you know about adding stuff into you know adding protein into your into your porridge and and, and other foods in order to kind of smooth out that 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 uh, glucose spike or potential spike? Yeah, I think well, first caveat is that your spike will be completely individual. Yeah, yeah. Not everyone will spike with a bowl of porridge. Um, but yeah, definitely, I think there's so much research out there, uh, especially on order of food. So if you ate a meal where you had protein first or your vegetables first, that stunts the yeah. glucose spike. Um, yeah. 
and I think it depends on the response you're looking for but if it's yeah you're trying to go to work and get a slow and steady like energy throughout the day then combining protein with your carbohydrate really really useful but if you're a pre-training snack and need that insulin spike then combining protein with it is probably not that useful it's not it's not a great idea yeah considering the context i think of what you want it for yeah so there's a Mm. content and i think there's also age you know i'm 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 old enough to be these guys dads um and uh and and so i think there is an there is an age thing as well you know in terms of your health and longevity and the fact that you're um you, you know in, in terms of your insulin sensitivity gets you know gets a bit knackered as you get older and you just got to be a bit more careful um but but yeah no i think i think it's really important to discuss these kind of caveats and as you say a significant amount of this is is kind of like trial and error and and finding what works best for you um, yeah. and, and and we'll maybe come on to that if we speak about cgm uh later um, you, you know how how can you use that to personalise nutrition? Because I, I think a lot of there's a lot of folks starting uh, to do that now. Yeah. Uh, can I, I have, just give I you an example? Can it just just to give you an example of maybe where I'm currently at? Just maybe listeners are might relate to where I'm at just now. And this hasn't always been the case, but I'm I'm sure Tommy might agree. You know, when when you've got a busy life and kids are running about riot, things are a bit chaotic with work everything so at the moment I, I go Monday morning I, I'll do my run in the morning and and that's where the, the chaos starts on Monday for you know the start of the week it, and then it finishes on the Sunday night and it restarts the next week <laughs> uh, and and it's like I, I you know at the I've started to think a bit better about how I structure my training because with, without a goal I'm lost and I'm a mess a mess of a, a man you know, my life, I don't look after myself as well as I, I should when I've got no goal. And what I mean by that is um, diet, nutrition, lack of sleep, uh, dehydrated, that you know, not, not drinking enough throughout the day, um, consuming more carbohydrates and not enough protein, yet I'm still doing all this mileage, or I'm trying to anyway. So like on a Monday, like or throughout the week, say for example, I do like sixty miles a week, and maybe get maybe five or six hours of sleep a, a, a night, and that's usually interrupted by kids waking up during the night. Uh, so the following day, I wake up on the Tuesday, like on say on the, the Monday night, the Tuesday morning, I'm shattered, but I've got a session to do at in, at lunchtime. I do my session, and I'm it, it goes completely. Because I haven't drunk enough, I, I, I've had, yeah, I, I haven't had my bre- I've had maybe breakfast, maybe I haven't had enough. I've had my coffee. I always have a coffee. I, who cares about water? Coffee first, water, water second. I've, always, always the case. Um, you know, a couple of meetings in the morning, so I'm sitting down, then I go and do my session, uh, and then uh, straight away do my session meeting, and then I'm like, right, ah, I haven't got time to to you know I'll maybe have a glass of water I'll maybe have my lunch and then I'll eat chocolate because I'm hungry and or you know I, I, that's basically what happens like so I've got this uh, at the moment I'm not looking after my my diet or my nutrition but because I'm tired and I just want to 
be convenient. I'm not drinking enough. I'm drinking enough coffee, that's for sure. Not sleeping enough, but I'm trying to do the same amount of training that I used to do when I was looking after or, you know, looking after myself better. Hurry uh, up, Kyle. No, get, no, that's get, extreme. Get, Kat, Kat, no. Kat's going to put her bill in for this. <laughs> I know, yeah. Well, that, 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 I'm just, uh, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to like relate it to what the listeners might be experiencing at the moment. Like, what would you say generally for someone like me? What, what would you what would you say to me? What, what should, should I try and change? Uh, Your life. Everything. Yeah. <laughs> that's the point. Like what's uh, what's more important? Like you know, there's there's a sleep thing which probably won't get any better at the moment, yeah. but the nutrition thing, I probably can do something about that. Yeah, like I think sleep wise is yeah one understanding. Okay, this is the phase of life that yeah. I'm in right now, and there's not yeah. much I can do about it. Uh, but also just be aware of the effects of that. So, like hunger hormones will be dramatically impacted in terms of leptin leptin and ghrelin so leptin is your fullness hormone and ghrelin is your hunger hormone like a wee gremlin in your stomach ah okay that's how I it's remember like that. gremlins that's for sure pretty gremlins mm. yeah and that's when just... you don't get enough sleep these gremlins basically increase and if that wasn't bad enough the hunger hormones decrease so you've got this <laughs> physiological response that is wired to make you mess up so you're more likely to crave foods that are sort of high carb high fat very palatable and you're hungrier than normal and less full than normal so just being aware of that and what situation you're in can sometimes help with like look I know that I'm reaching for you know a bag of crisps or a Mars bar or something when actually I know where that is it's not because I actually want it it's because I didn't get much sleep last night and xyz is happening in my body so i'm yeah. going to make an informed choice and choose something different okay i'm not saying what it happens you, every time but you're aware of it what would you suggest i take you know like i just had a milky way after my porridge oh. uh, it's a celebration <laughs> just a wee one kicked out the christmas one. chocolates already I'd, I'd, yeah four of them <laughs> not not one whole um like nuts protein like would that be something yeah. that you would consider so i think you, you talk, yeah, right. choose something that's going to satiate you. Um, so yeah, protein and fat. To really combine protein and fat to keep you full and feeling satisfied. Um, and reduce, and reduce the intensity of your next session, Kyle. <laughs> don't don't do the session because it's on the schedule. You're just, you're just digging a hole. Then I won't do any sessions, and you'll kick off. But but, but maybe but maybe that's better. You know, you do you do less sessions a week. Oh, but, do any, but, I would have the, the the energy. It'll just be easy runs all week. It'd be brilliant. Yeah, yeah but hey, you've done, like, let's let's be honest. You've done that like in the, the past options. loads, uh, Kyle. <laughs> so <laughs> that, that ain't you. Ah, <laughs> uh, no, thank you. Yeah, that's. Uh, I think you know. I, I I just you know for me anyway. I think uh, many listeners and, and and you know I'm sure Tom as well is going through some of these things like you know trying to balance it all and and things like nutrition can. Can kind of go off the go to the side a wee bit. I'm yeah, getting monitored. We're meet, we're meeting up with you on Friday afternoon, you and the kids, uh, Kyle. So, so I'm going to monitor 
uh, what you eat when we're, we're out, <laughs> and I'll, I'll, I'll uh, do it. I'm going to do a report. you in the right direction. That'll yeah. be my session yeah. day, so it'll be lots, all the calves. Uh, right. That's good. <laughs> yeah, I, and I think, just, just sorry, one, one more thing is just being, well, one, kind to yourself, understanding where you are, but two, like, don't try and expect miracles. Choose a tiny little thing that you're like, right, okay, this whole week I'm going to focus on making sure that my breakfast is totally on point, whether that is fuel or mm. it's adapting it to me. I don't have a rate, I don't have a training session, so I'm going to make sure that it's high in protein and lower in carbs, or just making sure that you absolutely nail that one thing rather than yeah. thinking, oh, my whole day I've messed up. Yeah. Like, just pick something easy. Okay. Which, the brilliant, brilliant advice. Thank you. Um, so, Kind of bringing that, what are the things that can help us? You know, you, Lewis, you just talked about a glucose monitoring. And, yeah, um, so I, would, I was kind of just interested in in what the effect of it was, you know, for my health, you know, rather than anything else. Mm. And, and also about training and, and just concerned about things like inadvertent glucose spikes as you get older. It, it ain't good for your cardiovascular health. Uh, you know, dementia, for example, there's a, there's a whole lot of stuff now about your metabolic health and and metabolizing sugar more effectively. And so I'm probably straying out with the bounds of just training, but at the same time, I'm still doing a lot of training, and I want to control things. So I've invested in in just in a wee experiment with a with a glucose monitor, but. Kat, you kind of, you know, I, I sense you've got a kind of plus and a minus, a pros and a cons there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think what my summary would be it's currently a fad, but it has potential. Yeah. Mm. So in terms of the general population, I think there's companies out there that market personalised nutrition. Purely uh, that it, it's just unnecessary for most people. I yeah. think it comes back to that black and white where they try and sell it as a, if you have a spike, it's bad, get rid of the spike. Yeah. Mm. And they're not translating the caveats because the caveats don't sell. If people see the context and realise that it might not be applicable to them, then why would they buy it? And yeah. no, that's bad marketing. Nobody's going to sell that, are they? So I think... But from a, like your perspective, where you are educated, you understand the context, um, and you're willing to do it as an like an experiment rather than I've done this and now it leads my whole life. I can't go out with the girls and have a drink, or I can't do anything because of this monitor that tells me I'm I don't know I can't have muffins or anything. Then that's where it it triggers me a little bit in terms of the black and white yeah. mm. outcomes that people will take from it. I think I think what I've found just very interesting in the first week or so is just recognising which foods um, that I would eat regularly that I didn't know were having very significant spikes, which yeah. I, I think were probably adverse for me. And yeah, as you said, um, changing the the process of eating so that you eat um, protein and fibrous vegetables first and then eat the carbs after actually has a very significant effect. So you're eating the same meal, but the order in which you eat it is actually healthier in inverted commas. So so 
I, I found that quite interesting. I've also found that found that my my um, uh, it, it's it's broken my addiction to chunky Kit Kats because I, I used to eat a pack of four chunky Kit Kats and I once I started one, you know, as you know, there's a there's a kind of gut to brain um, yeah. uh, kind of link which says go and get another one. You're not even finished the first one mm-hmm. and reaching for the second and then there has to be a four, third. Four used fourth. to be the, the, the same as one now, the way like one. Yeah, no, 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 no. These are these, these chunky ones are quite chunky. Kyle, but the, the effect the effect on that sugar and the time the time span of it was just you know was was quite frightening. So uh, you know I have actually it's quite interesting. I mean I've just stopped them all together and I'm eating some dark chocolate now, which is much healthier for me. But I I've got a question for you, Lewis. So yeah. prior to having the glucose monitor on, did you think that that was a healthy choice? Did you think well, that that was going to have a so, positive response? So, no, so 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 that's my that, that that is my thing about behavioural shift, though, Kat. As you're as you're going to be fully aware as a practitioner who tries to help people change behaviour, sometimes changing behaviour is really tough. Uh, and if you've got some visuals that actually show you how bad it is, and that's why I'm running it as an experiment. Yeah. But but it's kind of like you see you go oh shit that. Yeah. That, that re- yeah. it really is that bad, you know. I know I like it, but my God, it's bad. Um, so, so you know it's bad for you at some level, but don't change. Um, but this is this is actually helping me change behaviours uh, in in a much more healthful way. And and yeah, I still go out with the girls for a drink. No, no, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, definitely ch- trying to change behaviour, but. I think there's some from a athletic point of view. That's obviously me referring to general population in terms of yeah, they probably need that bit of awareness around. Actually, you shouldn't mm. really be having. I don't know what's cats. a good example. Yeah, chunkers. or Kit Kats. Well, um, Kit Kats are, are quite they're quite nasty actually. <laughs> just to reflect a sedentary life. It's just a biscuit, isn't it? I thought it was. Uh, I mean, it's, it's just air in there, isn't it? Really. It's... <laughs> it's not even worth it exactly Um, but yeah I think from an athletic point of view there's some research out there on them uh, basically your fasting blood glucose will drop after five days in low energy availability so for me like that's quite a really useful well for a practitioner point of view that's quite a useful tool that if you've got an athlete that suddenly that drops you're like oh actually let's make sure that we're feeling for the next week properly, yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, my my summary stands that I currently think it's a bit of a fad, but it has potential. Do you think that athletes get nocturnal hypoglycemia that they're a bit unaware of that is, it could be an issue? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, but again, trying to roll that out for like assessment purposes. How easy that would be, I'm not really sure. Okay. Okay. So yeah, it's quite a bit to ponder. Yeah. I mean, I think I think I mean that's um we could have you on all all night, all day, however you want to look at it, to talk about everything under nutrition. But you know, I, I kinda want to kind of keep your time relatively short 
or, or we'll, we'll have to foot the bill. But um, we'll just get you on again. Other... We'll, we'll do an episode, another episode. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. that'd be great. Yeah. So, is that there one really other good. topic we want to just like kind of speak about before before Cat departs us?
what I've I'm not a big ultra endurance expert uh but I know of a practitioner who helped a guy run uh, I think it was 100k the length of Ireland and he talked a lot about a uh, taste satiety and far too often carbohydrate is like sweet it's your glucose fructose that kind of stuff so he was talking about taste satiety and eventually at those higher volumes how tricky it is to get that much carbohydrate in foods that yeah that can actually be digested mm. yeah so so what you're saying is is that it kind of loses its taste after a period yeah. of time and then you struggle to get to get it in you know it's it's tasteless yeah yeah. There, there used to be some guys in America, the original ultra runners, they used to eat pizza. <laughs> they used to just, <laughs> just, just eat pizza on, 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 on route. Um, yeah, that, that's yeah, similar, similar question to that, um, just about the gels versus solid debate for ultra runners. Now, I'll, a prime example is um, the West Island way I did that and generally was it was mainly gels I had. Um, Rob Sinclair has got the West Island Way record um, and he generally had solid food. Now, is there, is there more, what, what is the pros and cons? You know, is it, is it better to have gels? Is it better to have solids? Is it better, does it all depend on your gut? Is it a mix? Um, you know, is there, is there a one size fits all for anyone or is it just a case? Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> <laughs> there you go uh, yeah again so really it depends so gels I think predominantly you'll be able to get uh, it's obviously volume like in a in a beta fuel I think you get 80 grams of carbohydrate yeah and the volume of food yeah. that you'd have to consume to match that is ridiculous so again if you're able to tolerate that then absolutely go for the food but if you think logistically as well, like being able to carry that volume of food while you're running is probably not that great. Yeah. Um, I don't know how much weight you want to be carrying around, but if somebody, well, I guess you'd probably have people providing the fuel as well, but yeah. I would say it's got to be personal. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good, good answer. I think that's the answer that most people will be expecting <laughs> yeah no, like, no, no, that's, like, uh, they, jelly like, babies no, all the way just, yeah definitely. Uh, well, oh, good you, thank you for that just, you know what i think i think this podcast is probably going to generate a lot of questions in listeners minds mm, kyle definitely and and i'm probably going to say something along the lines of it'd be really good if they if, if they did have questions or or thoughts or a bit of confusion to just drop us an email and yeah. because I, I, I think, Kat, we're heading for a follow up at some point because, uh, you know, this has been absolutely brilliant tonight. I think this has absolutely. been, you know, you've been yeah. you've been a front of knowledge and, and given us some some great understandings. And what I really like is your ability to personalise it, um, but but to have a lot of clarity within that. And you clearly engage very well. Uh, with your clients and in, in that delivery, how 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 do we how would people find you? Are you still running your business? How how, how would people find you in your business? I have indeed uh, either website or Instagram are my two uh, top forms of communication so far. So Nourish Nutrition UK. So it's just nourishnutritionuk.com 
Um, actually, I might be talking about UK a little messed up, but uh, <laughs> the same on Instagram, Nurse Nutrition UK. Okay. We'll, we'll so link I've it got, anyway. I mean, so that folks so can... I was going to say heading towards a heading towards a, a marathon block in the in the new year. I've got my four hours. I've got my three T's and I've got nourish nutrition. That's the that's my <laughs> main takeaway. That's what you need. Look at that. Look at that. Fantastic. Sorry, dotted in the wall now, eh? You're right. You're right, sporty. You're right, sporty there, aren't you, Tom? <laughs> yeah. Look at I hope me. You don't, I hope you don't fall on your R's. <laughs> <laughs> Bravo, bravo! No, really, honestly, so interesting. That's, uh, I think, yeah, I a lot of that was new to me. Uh, really, quite eye opening. So I'm sure listeners will, will take the same, uh, same reflection. Really good. Thank you. Great. Thank you, you very much fi- for having me. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Final question again, for me, Kat. Kat. Do you? Oh, I was going to ask you. Um, do you run then? Like you play squash, but do but, you? No, no. You just walk when you play squash, Kyle. No. <laughs> <laughs> Your lunge. <laughs> Lunge. Yeah, um, lunges. You're better running as well. Preferred movement. Yeah. Okay. I was. We've um, got a series of fire questions, but they're mainly running related. But the one I did want to ask you before you go is, who is it? Have you got like a a sporting hero or someone that you look up to in the sporting world? If the so, who is world, it? Sporting world. Yeah. Probably Jessica this Hill. Oh, okay. Okay. So bringing it to athletics, I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Good answer. I think, I think we've had her. even even more since she's become a mum yeah Yeah. uh like massive respect for that i think yeah Yeah. really really incredible yeah well well, you know and i really like that that connects me back to so i've been listening to steve ingham's podcast so steve ingham is was one of the uk's first um applied sports scientists basically and, and he worked with jess ennis um, and did, did some fantastic work with her on developing her threshold training on four minutes a day. Uh, wow. in the warm- yeah, basically changed her, they changed her warm up so that, you know, she couldn't do, you know, for 800 metres, making a really good 800 metre runner. But you couldn't really, you can't really do piles of 800 metre training as a, a, as a heptathlete and you can't do piles of mileage. But they worked out that her, if, if she did, if she made her warm up a four minute warm up at threshold pace and she did that several times in a week she would get 20 to 25 minutes at threshold pace um and mm-hmm. and this this was just him thinking off the top of his head and it made her into you, you know that finished product of uh, the 800 meters so a lot lot of time for, for for jess i think i think she's uh, absolutely excellent so great great choice cat thanks so, okay, we'll draw a line under it now. There will be no further questions, Kat, but we're definitely going to get you back on. Thanks thanks for being yeah, so We'll definitely be back with more questions, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Thanks again. I look forward to it. Thanks, Kat. Yeah, Lovely to meet you. Bye. Cheers. Bye. Cheers. Bye. Thanks, sir. Cat on the show, um, lots of questions. Uh, I know some of the questions, Lewis, you were asking, you kind of knew, and you know, for us, it's always good to get just, uh, you know, just re-highlight some of those issues that are happening and the latest science. And, you know, my, my conclusion is it's ever-changing 
and and we don't know the answers to everything. But hopefully someone and who's listened to this has got some uh, some golden nuggets in there and they can apply it to their own training or racing. Uh, so yeah, well done, Lewis. So, great, so I think it is changing. It is changing, Kyle, but it's not you know the knowledge that's already there they're building on it it's not like the knowledge is is completely new and different it's evolving and i think i think what cat's kind of given us is is really what's at the leading edge of it just now um but yeah. but uh, you know all that carb stuff is is absolute golden and uh, it's it's well written up on the web as well in a variety of different uh, sources but it's really good to have a chat with her and just pull out the things that that are kind of pertinent to all our listeners, you know, folk who, who would Absolutely. run, whether it's 5, 10k park runs, ultras, and whether we've got some middle distance runners there, you know, it's a, it's been a good spectrum. So, so yeah, ah, I enjoyed yeah. that. That's yeah, really no, I, so well, it's a mon- it's a Monday night, uh, it's, it's now turned 9pm, um, there's a couple of things you want to just go over quickly, um, We've talked about these district cross country championships that are taking place uh, for Tom and I on Saturday, but there's also the the West District cross country champs as well as the North District cross country championships as well. Um, the start lists are up as well. Um, I'm sure yeah. that all the big names will be there uh, for for the male and the female runners, and it's certainly in all of the all the races. Um, I don't think we need to kind of go through the start list unless you want to. Um, no, I mean, I, was, I, I went, I looked through, earlier I was going through, I was having a look at this one in, in a bit of detail, um, and I think the thing that jumps out to me, uh, having sort of followed the East League a little bit in the last uh, couple of months, is the sort of main hitters on the East League are, are down to run anyway. So if you're looking at, uh, I don't have the same level of, Information on the the West and always following that closely, but on the on the East League, I mean Morag Miller's down. Morag we know coming back from second baby is running well, running well in Dundee, second place. Hannah Cameron, uh, I've been mean, athletic who won in Dundee at the last East Lakes League. She's down to run home turf, of course. Um, Amy Franklin, the Swedes down to run. Who was fourth um, in the women's side? Olivia Varai, who was third actually. Um, Falkett Vic, she's down to run. So. The, it's a. It looks like there's a on paper and it was, there's you know the, those who are competing and running well at East League are down, um, and then on the men's side, I mean again some of you looking you look at the names down. Jamie Crow's down to run. Chris Jones is down to run. Uh, the lad Murray Pride, who I don't know much about, but he he was he he was did well at Dundee. He's down to run. It's difficult to tell though. He Steve also won the uh, Loch Ness Marathon, didn't he? Murray Pride, I think. Is that or Edinburgh? right? One of them. Yeah, ah, 220, okay. quick time, like 220. Well, it's the same guy, he's down to run. So, I mean, it looks, I think it's pretty competitive. Team wise, we were sort of in the Metro Lads WhatsApp group, there was a bit of chat about that. I think there's uh, Central looks look good. I mean, all the big hit, all those, you know, Jamie Corey mentioned, but I mean, you've got all the usual the usual hitters in there as well. Ali Hayes down to run. Um, so, you would, you would imagine it'll be a central win on the men's side. On the women's side, uh, I think it's a bit more difficult to tell. Um, I would fancy I would fancy Morag for the win. Uh, we'll see how how that goes. And then, but even from a club perspective, and Kyle, if you can count, I think we've got a shot at a medal. I think the the yeah. six there is solid. I think Aberdeen look good, especially now with with Sean Chalmers and um, Max Abernethy running for them. But I think the I think Whoa, you know that's Metro, news for me. Yeah, Holy so moly. that's which is which makes Aberdeen stacked. You know, Michael Ferguson as well in there, Miles in there, of course. I think on, but then when you look at it, the third. 
spot is open, I think, for Metro. So I think with like yourself, Rico, Will Mackay, I think there's a, I think we've got a, a Jason Kelly flying back up from from London. I think we've got the oh. I think we've got a, a, a good a good six there. Look at that, eh? And Tom Bryan as well. See, I'm 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 going to be fulfilling that right. role of like eight to <laughs> ten, you know, backing up, back, pu- pushing back the other counters of other teams. Hopefully, <laughs> pushing yeah, the so, pushing the sixth place guy ahead. But... Yeah, it's. Uh... <laughs> oh boy. So that'll be well, good. Then... So I, anyway, so that's as much as I know about the the, the east. I have not a single uh, insight into the the west or the north, but I guess in a couple of weeks time we can we can dive into it. Absolutely. Um. Now. Let's stick on the same the theme of cross country. We we had a fantastic result. Like we bring up Megan's name almost every week, and yeah, I think this amazing. would be without fail. Lewis, you've probably been you were probably tracking it or watching it on YouTube live or something. Um, do you want to just uh, yeah. narrate Megan's performance? Well, the weekend? It, was, it was stunning. You know, it was just stunning. I, I mean, she took it off from from took it on from the word go. Um, she tested them out a little bit in the first kind of quarter, well, not even quarter of the race. Um, turned the nut a little bit and nobody was able to go with her. And she just looked supreme. You know, she went and she went over the mud. There's some really big, treacherous looking muddy session uh, sections that, that that really stretch for And she just seemed to flow over them. Um and w- without breaking stride, and she won by fifty three seconds wow. uh, against a very against a very very good field, and and for like um, Jess Warner Judd, who um, you know she she finished eighth in the World Championship ten k just a couple of months back, she left her more than a minute you know behind, and then I don't know yeah. if, if if Jess is in the best of shapes or not but you know she's she's not an athlete to be sniffed at and um do you not I think, think though like that 50 seconds what was it it was an 8k race like is that not yeah. that's significant like yeah, it's huge to, to be yeah. 50 seconds ahead of second place and in, in the british trial yeah. is phenomenal yeah that's great and that's i amazing. think i think megan also had something to prove because she was left out of the uk world um what was it the the funding for kind of like world and olympic uh yeah. potential and or podium placers or you know and, and certainly she should have been considered for the potential um uh, group for funding i think and and so i think she probably had a, you know something to prove there uh because some some people behind it i think are getting are are, are getting funded um so interesting so de- definitely something to prove that. But I, you know, and I, and I've said to to Ross, our coach, that that this this lass, in my view, is is the potential to become a world class endurance runner. You know, if if yeah. she's not already there, um, well, and she needs some careful nurturing, like 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 we were speaking with Kat. You know, I, I mean, there's a lot goes into high performance these days. Um, it's also but, so fine the the margins as well, isn't it? You know, yeah. and like. You know, from a just a daily a lifestyle perspective, I, I don't know if she's yep. studying just now. Is she still studying? She's still studying, but she's got she's got her head well screwed on with this, yeah. and knows what she wants to do and where she's going. She's yeah. very very level headed, um, yeah. and um, it's not taking any of it 
for granted. Yeah. But she's just got this tremendous ability. It's like they like Laura Muir. I, mean, I really like I really like Laura's ability to put a race face on and be absolutely committed on the line and just get stuck. And people know if you're mm. going to race Laura Muir, you're going to hurt. I think they know now if you're going to race Megan, you're going to hurt. Yeah. I mean, to uh, be honest, I mean, Carl, I mean, Carl, I think you'll probably agree. I mean, anyone who wins TRS run of the year twice and remains that grounded, I mean, to go to such heights and still <laughs> be able to still be able to keep your feet in the ground, she's set for She can handle anything. Clearly. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's it. It's, yeah. She's she's kept her feet in the ground, which is great. One thing I noticed as well um, is she's is she now sponsored by New Balance. Uh, I noticed that, that. Yeah. Yeah. I take it. Is it? I mean, I'm sure there's. We we talk about um, you know there's the element of you know not getting the support from you know the the Olympic yeah, but, pathway or the world class yeah. pathway, but there's also the we've got these brands that can support the athlete now, which is important perhaps for, 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 um, for Megan. Well, I, don't, I, don't, uh, I don't know whether she's got anything other than a shoe and kit contract at the moment. So, yeah. so many people have got shoe and kit contracts and, yeah, and basically yeah. you get about eight K's worth of kit for the year, you know, so you get your shoes and you get your kit, which is not, not to be that's, sneezed at, but that's, that's not something to live off. You know, it's not an additional yeah. salary. I think that, that you've got to be, you know, you got to be pretty, pretty much up there in the shoe company's eyes to get a full sponsorship. Yeah. So, so they've got various, various levels, and I, and I have to be honest, I don't know what what level yeah. she's on, but yeah. I'd be surprised at this stage if it's more than than a shoe and kit contract. I could be wrong. Um, it's it's an interesting point. I mean, not nothing you know directly to Megan, but just in general. You know what? What are these brands doing for for athletes out there? Like you know, from the the, the sort of like the elite, maybe world class. You know, getting towards that. Can they do more? Are they doing more? Is it you know? I know, I know in trail running, for example, like there's a lot of different you know, ranges or or spectrums. Yeah. And someone like Robbie, for example. Robbie's he's a he's part of the Adidas Terex team. He was with mm-hmm. Salomon. And I'm not. I, I don't. I've never want to divulge like who's earning what, but you do. You do wonder, you know, like what people are getting and and how well they're supported, because it does. It can make a big difference to how they perform. I think. I think if you're top they, class, you can you can get well supported. It's not generational wealth, though. You know, it's not. It's not the kind yeah. of. No, you, you know, it's not, it's not wealth that's gonna. You're gonna need another job after after uh, yeah. you're running, and for most folk. It's it's nowhere near that. So I mean, I've got yeah. one, two, three. I've got four athletes at the moment uh, who are on on contracts, but they're all kit kit contracts, shoe contracts, kit kit yeah. contracts. Okay. Um, not, so so the, the, there's a lot, and and they're all different companies. Um, mm-hmm. So so there's a lot there's a lot of kind of um, support for folk who are. But they're not at, at what would be called the elite elite level, but they're at national, you know, by national, I mean, UK national uh, level um, and or, or or looking to break into that. Um, so I think and, and it's a it, it, it's probably a step ladder, really. You know, you start with that and then if you, you then get potential of bonuses, so, so you go to races and if you get a certain position, you'll you'll get some financial bonuses. But yeah, you know, it's not 
it, it's not something that you can count on in terms of uh, a yearly income um, and, and, and then get a mortgage on it, if you know what I mean. How about TRS? Uh, TRS, you get a pair of shorts and if you, you, you get a top 10 at the Nationals, you get a wee bonus from the TRS bank account. <laughs> How's that sound? It's a, it's a win-win for us, isn't it? Uh, yeah, so Fiverr doesn't go a long way though, Kyle. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Spend some some others, eh? It's, uh, that could be that could be the way forward. TRS, the TRS uh, elite run clan. Who knows? Anyway, so, um, there were other other good performances though in in in, in that race because it was a, the women's under twenty three mm. as well as the senior women's uh, race and uh, Eloise Walker. Uh, did very well. I mean, she was fifteenth. Yeah. She was third uh, under twenty-three. So she'll be picked for the UK team um, for the Euro Champs in what was under two weeks' uh, time now. And Lynn McKenna was sixth uh, in the under twenty-threes, and has got a, you know, she's on the verge of getting a place. You know, depending on the discretion of the selectors. Uh, so, so, so that would that would be good. So that's. That's um, that's the female side. the The male side, the the, the male race was young, won by uh, Hugo, is it Hugo Milner, um, and yeah. he's very interesting. Like what I found quite interesting in his interview afterwards is he's he's actually a triathlete now. Um, so ah. he's doing he's doing a heap of triathlete, you know, triathlon training, bit like your 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 wife Kyle, um, yeah. and uh, so swims and cycles. Still, there's a bit of running, you know, a reasonable bit of running, clearly, but feels that that has really helped his endurance strength uh, over, over the country. Um, so I, I, I thought that was quite interesting. And and in that in the male race, you know, the overall uh, senior men, Angus McMillan was was in in fifth place. So he has an outside chance of uh, a discretionary selection. And Andrew McGill uh, placed sixth in the junior men's race. Um, and so so he's on the verge of, of selection too. So so a number of, of really kind of, kind of good performances there. Um, and, you know, a kind of a second tier of Scots, Jamie Crow, Scott Sterling, Duncan Robinson, Harry Hendrickson, all, all had pretty decent performances just at that kind of mm. level below hand so um yeah the euro so the euro cross uh is in belgium this year and yeah, that it's is belgium yeah so two weeks usually the second weekend of december it, so will be what maybe the 11th yeah so it's not this week but but next not this, yeah, so this weekend the but ninth. next Beg weekend the ninth yeah. the ninth that's so, the ninth. So that's so always the ninth. that's always uh always a good watch and usually yeah. bbc give a good coverage of that no, no, absolutely. Yeah, eyes glued uh, for that one. Um, I think that's, oh, the same day as the, that's the same day as the Telford 10K, actually. Oof, I think. Well, that might be on the 10th. I'm not sure if it's the 9th or the 10th. Same weekend. Um, so that's, that's usually not. a quick course, isn't it? Have yeah. you not done the Telford? Is your your wife not done Telford? No, Tommy? no. Like no, you, we've only done we've done Ribble Valley down that way, and we've done we've done a couple of races in around the in, in that sort of Manchester Trafford type region. Whenever Telford, I've got four ah. four runners running it, 
So we'll uh, we'll get a report on that. Nice. Well, I'll tell you what's also coming that. up. Um, Valencia. We got any? I know. I think Ginny's running Valencia. Any any other Scots we know going up to Valencia next weekend? Yeah, so Dougie's not got. Yeah, Dougie's going there. Is he? Is he? Yeah, what sort yeah. of shape's Dougie in? I, I think Dougie's in in as good a marathon shape as he's ever been. Um, nice. He's, yeah. Imagine he's transitioned or transitioning to. 100 k's and his, his big goal mm-hmm. next year will be to get in the uk uh, team for the world championships nice um, is that an acp selection again yeah yeah nice. it will be with it so um, and that's in it's in perth it's in perth next year um, yeah. for, for the selection race so um it's a much much better course than the irish course last year it's a flatter course you've run that one kyle before i, I have that's my pb course yeah by a long shot <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a it's a it's oh, a good nice. fast course. So, Dougie, so yeah, so, his debut was strong last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so this is his marathon's a stepping stone to that. But we're always, you know, you, you always kind of hold your breath to see how close or where he can dip under two twenty. Uh, but it is a it's you know his training's gone great. It's gone gone really well. But it's always you know a bit of an ask. Uh, I, I think and. You know, we're always wary of, of you know, as Scots runners, we often tend to go off just a bit too quick and uh, pay for it in the second half. So, um, mm. yeah, I'm just going to get him to ensure that he goes pretty steady through the first half and see what happens. On on that note, okay. you guys might talk about this last week. Any was there? Any, have you, has there been any feedback on what happened to Butchie in New York? Was that just uh, I I I, followed, I tracked him through the race and obviously DNF. <laughs> I mean. Mm. That's uh, <laughs> I guess maybe not, maybe not in that case. I, but, I, uh, I haven't, I haven't heard any feedback. I did think, you know, the only thing that struck me, and uh, and I don't think I'm talking out of order here, um, is he 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 put his the last session, you know, his last session before New York Marathon up on YouTube, and it was something like ten by three hundred meters in forty seven seconds, uh, with a minute recovery. And and I did think that was a kind of strange session to do, um, you know. That's that's kind of kind of like. Uh, I thought. I mean, he went. He must have learned some lessons out there, which we'll take into the next one. Because he went out. He went out. You know, he, he didn't hold back. He was out at what two eight pace through uh, from the you know for the first few check points and so yeah. So statement of intent out there, but I guess maybe the. I imagine he might do London. Yeah, I, I think New York's a hard course. You know yeah. that that the, you know that yeah. first ten k in particular up over the can't pronounce the the bridge oh, the that bridges, starts with yeah. a V. Uh, but but up and over that, and then and then it's it's it gets quite winding and twisted. It, it's it's not a course where you can generally run really mm. fast. Although although it was a good one in time. Uh, it was yeah th- th- this year. Um, yeah. Fair enough. Well, I'll see if maybe hmm. maybe will maybe will line up because London, I guess, will be the Olympic trial for Paris. So, you know, be interesting to see if he if he decides to stick to marathon or does he back go back down to where he thinks he can perform better at an Olympic level. I well, I, I I don't think he's got anywhere to go, and I don't I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. I think I think he's done what he can do on yeah. on the track now, and I think that's the reason why he's moving to the roads. Mm-hmm. Um, and but whether whether he needs to kind of get another couple of actually really fast half marathons in his legs, because 
he's not he's not run as fast as he probably needs to run in order to have a bit of speed reserve to mm. go through for a two oh eight. You know, I mean if if you're if you've run a sixty two minute half marathon uh, a few weeks beforehand, try to go through in sixty four um is mm. is yeah, yeah. it'd be pretty challenging. So yeah. I'm I'm yeah. sure, you know, he's he's a long in the tooth runner, very experienced. He's been to the Olympics yeah, at least was it three twice yeah, anyway? Three, I think yeah, three, three times. Uh, certainly twice. Um, hi- highly experienced, um, and hopefully he will have gained significant knowledge and understanding mm. about uh, about not only how to run the marathon, but in terms of of his training and preparation, kind of leading into. It. I know that that he was with Gary Loch. Um, yeah, you know, but, but beforehand, Paula Radcliffe's uh, husband, mm-hmm. and you, you know, and he's he's uh, he's produced some pretty decent um, marathon runners in 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 his coaching time. Although I'm mindful that that Gary trains them very much like a five and ten k runner, um, which is maybe why Bucci kind of found that quite helpful because that's where he's come from all speculation yeah. on my part but it, it would be it would be interesting if we had had uh, access to some information legitimate information wouldn't it yeah it would, yeah, it yeah would from be, the, yeah. the the horse's mouth yeah no it'd be Bucci's, good think with, with, with the olympics uh, on the horizon the just, yeah yeah it'd be great to hear from him because i think with the olympics on the horizon you know i was i think a lot of us were quite it's a shame when the world's last year really the disappointment was you know the le- the level. The, you know where are they? That's what we want to see. We want to line up behind British names and support them at these uh, distance events. So yeah. Yeah. Cool. Uh, I think that's about it. News wise. I think so. I think that, that was uh, a wee hour and hour and a half of of, uh, of bants and words of wisdom from Lewis and Kat and uh, some fighting talk from. From Tom and I for the 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 East at the weekend eh? so <laughs> looking forward to it. It's on the line, guys. Then, on the line. I get I get the obviously Lewis. We're we're meeting on Friday, so I get some behind the even more tips and. I'll get you carved up. To, I'll get you carved up on Friday afternoon, Gail. <laughs> <laughs> carved up. Eh? You know, I've got I've got a bloody Christmas lunch on Friday lunch. Like that is like a, a, a Christmas and well, it's, you know, it's December like, then, is it? I know it, well, it is technically December the first, but oh, yeah, yeah. So I'm already I being that guy. Like I've I've got a race tomorrow. Everyone else will be starting <laughs> at twelve, full session. So I, I'm gonna have to oh. restrain myself. Um, but it'll be worth it. We've got a, f- a few beers with the Metro Boys in the evening as well. So in the Saturday, so that'll be good. Very good. Awesome. Well. As always, folks, if you want to get in contact with us, you can. We're on Facebook, uh, Instagram, Twitter. Just message us, comment on our Facebook community page, TRS Run Clan, if you want to, or you can email us at tartanrunningshorts at gmail.com. And, uh, you know, anyway, you subscribe or you look at a podcast, leave us a rating, leave us a five-star rating, uh, leave us a review, and make sure that you've subscribed so you get an instant notification that TRS is coming is at your ears, ready to to go for your wee jog um, or whatever you're going to do. And uh, yeah, hopefully we'll enjoy the episode. I certainly did. And uh, 
Lewis, I'll see you Friday. And Tommy, yeah. I'll see you Saturday. Very good. Looking forward to it. Cheers, guys. Cheers, bye. See you later.